television is where all the big risks are being taken, where the most exciting work is happening. And this is a festival that celebrates that. Finally, there's an independent avenue for people who want to just go into the TV business. It's just wonderful to have an outlet for all of the creativity that's happening in television and in new digital media right now. The fact that there's this, there's Series Fest, which allows you to put it in front of an audience and gives you a platform to put it out there. Like that's the most impactful thing as artists that we can ever hope for. Hi, I'm Randy Kleiner. And I'm Kaylee Smith Westbrook. As the co-founders of Series Fest, we welcome you to Breaking In, a Series Fest podcast. In 2015, Series Fest began its mission to champion and empower artists at the forefront of episodic storytelling by providing year-round opportunities for creators and industry experts to connect, collaborate, and share stories. We are thrilled to expand our mission with this podcast as we talk to working professionals in television and gain insight, advice, and hear their journey of breaking in. On today's episode, I'm speaking with executive producer, writer, and director, David Person. David currently co-oversees IFC TV's linear originals in development and current programming. And he recently joined AMC Studios where he develops, packages, and strategizes selling original television shows to the marketplace. Before venturing into television, David produced documentary feature films, several dramatic narrative feature films, and animation projects for BrainZoo Studios like Microsoft Screensavers and Lego Star Wars commercials. David was on our Series Fest Digital Shorts jury back in season four and has since participated on multiple panels, breakout rooms, and most recently, our South by Southwest Pitchathon jury. Hi, David Person. Hi, Kaylee Smith Westbrook. This is going to be a fun conversation. If you can't tell, David and I uh, go way back. Mm -hmm. Well, we both went to USC, but we should have crossed paths a little bit. But I was in the theater program and you did film, right? In the cinema, TV, film, school, in the production track. It's now known as the cinematic arts. Okay. But it was not known as that. I, like, I'm, we're, I'm so old that, like, the school has changed its name. Well, I think it just continues to evolve. I know our BFA program, it used to just be like Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting, and now it's like Bachelor of Fine Arts of Acting and Theater, Television, and Media or something like really fancy. And I'm like, oh, okay, um, that's cool. So did you, when you were in school, like were you more focused on wanting to direct, more focused on wanting to produce or write? Like what was your, um, what inspired you in college at SC? Thanks for asking. Um, directing was my focus, mm -hmm. and I was very fortunate enough to direct a thesis film. As an undergrad, you have to actually pitch a show idea or a film um, in order to do a thesis film um, at the level of like a grad student that has to direct and produce a thesis film in order to graduate, but undergrads have to compete in order to do that. Wow. So four films every semester get to make one of these movies, and I was one of them, and uh, I had a great experience doing that. I had actually uh, directed my first feature film in high school, which created a film program for the school district that I went to and put emphasis on those kind of programs for students. And it was, you know, it was a story inspired by a true event of 
a kid who got um, killed by a drunk driving accident. And so I used that story for my film. And then we got on the news. We donated the proceeds of two screenings that were pretty incredible to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I saw the power of film. Wow. And it was also something that connected me to my father, who is deaf. Mm. Um, in a in a very meaningful, transcendent way that I had never experienced before. So I saw the power of film with communication and how it touched people and and impacted had a social impact um, element to it as well. And that's what inspired me to get into all this. So at USC, yeah, like continuing that passion of wanting to tell stories that have some emotional connection to people that hopefully drives for good change is uh, what inspired me. And interestingly enough, that film was bought by IFC, which is where I work at now. <laughs> no way. I was just yeah. going to say, what happened to it? Did you guys do, um, I mean, I don't, I wasn't in film school, so I don't know if you take your features and go to um, different film festivals, but that's amazing that, and how serendipitous to be at IFC. Totally. So wait, so how did you, planned. how did you end up at IFC? I don't even think I know that story. Let's start with how did the film end up at IFC? Um, the film ended up there because the lovely folks at USC uh, submitted it to them. And wow. there were, there was like a bundle of other short films that they bought and they programmed them together and made basically a, a programming block of a couple short films that they would program together. Um, I ended up at IFC, it's a long story, but um, I was not expecting to be on this side of the business, like the executive side or the buying side of a network. There was always this notion, I think it came from USC, uh, that you know the, the business of Hollywood is a bit of the dark side, yeah. as they say. I do not call it that, but um, I remember having this sense of like, you have to be careful who you trust, et cetera. And, and you know, suits are, executives are suits. And um, I kind of just stayed away from that part of the business for as long as I could. I was really trying to do my filmmaking um, life and that was a struggle uh it's not easy being a you know an up-and-coming director or an indie movie maker and uh but i learned a lot wearing a bunch of hats and doing almost every single job in production that you could possibly do i was a first assistant director i was an editor i was a producer i've been a storyboard artist i've been a production manager i've been all of the above or, or, you know, wearing every single hat possible in a production, even sometimes at the same time. Like wow. having to, you know, be crafty while producing a movie single-handedly and making sure that actors are getting on set. Meanwhile, bake, you know, heating up the pizza for <laughs> lunchtime and staying on schedule and keeping the budget going. And what are we doing tomorrow? What do we have to cut from the script? Uh, are we delivering, you know, the footage to the editor on time? And how are those cuts looking already? So yeah, I, um, I, I produced 
a couple feature documentaries. I produced a few narrative feature films independently. And then I concurrently worked with an entertainment attorney for a while as just like a backup job in the comic book space, which was interesting because that was my view into the representation side of the business and uh, the legal side. And, um, you know, I was just a little sponge there. And uh, that was also a really interesting time because that was when the industry was starting to get into comic book movie making. And um, the, the attorney I worked with, very brilliant guy, was very instrumental in protecting the IP rights for a lot of these creators, you know, navigating the whole process of Hollywood. And so I, I learned a lot in that regard as well. Um, I worked in an animation studio for a year, produced things like Microsoft screensavers and Star Wars Lego commercials. That was very fun. I learned how to, you know, produce animation. Um, mm. Everything that I've done, I've learned on the job. You know, USC is a very fantastic school. I had so much fun there. I learned a lot. It's a very idyllic view of movie making um they don't really teach you uh how to actually you know survive uh and 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 pay the bills and you know like that you know sometimes you should consider going into the agency world if you want to you know make connections i didn't at all that was like not even a part of my um thought process i didn't even think to do that, I don't think any, I don't even remember anybody advising me to go into that route. That's probably a really hard jump to make because when you're wanting to be a filmmaker and you're wanting to create things and put them out into the world to feel like you're going into an agency where your job in an agency is to be representing and working for other people who want to be doing the same thing, that's difficult. So it makes sense why A, no one would recommend doing that and B, you know, why you didn't even think about going that way, which, and maybe this was your point that a lot of executives who you work with, that's how they ended up where they are as they started off at agencies. That's very true. Um, I, I think with my point of view right now, I see both sides of the coin because I think, you know, just jumping into creating content and learning by doing is the best thing to do. Hmm. Um, I also have seen that, you know, if you are in those worlds, like let's say an agency management company or an, a law office that is, in, you know, in entertainment or uh, at a studio, uh, you are close to the people who are making shows, content that you want to be making. And that's how you get to learn how they do it. And you also can see the business side of things. I didn't really... You know, I really wanted to stay in the directing uh, field, but I ended up producing to make money. You know, that's how I made money. Um, and I've just stayed with producing um, at a necessity and I don't regret it. I still, uh, I actually really like producing. Producing is extremely creative. And I, I also consider myself a filmmaker as a producer, but I also consider myself a director still. Like I have directed and I'm, I, I've, I still want to continue directing. Um, you know, I, these jobs don't define who we are. I feel they give us a window into a world that, you know, 
I mean, a lot. I did not want to be at a law office. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, but that experience plus my producing experience, I feel is what got me to AMC and IFC. And so what happened was I, I, I essentially was like, I need to uh, get back into the system of Hollywood a little bit more um, grounded wise and I needed stability financially and there was an opportunity to work at AMC in the business affairs department. I really looked at business affairs as an opportunity to learn. I really mm. looked at it as a master's program in, you know, uh, being an executive in the business side of, of things. I, you know, it involved legal, it involved the deal making process. You still had to learn, you had to know how to produce a show. Uh, and I remember asking one of the hiring managers, like how, like how they approached the job. Was it more legal based or was it more, you know, you, you're the one helping decide the you know the business aspect of it the deal making the uh the uh the producing aspect of of what we get to do and they they answered that they really saw themselves as a business affairs executive and that's a producing exec they most executives in ba are attorneys i am not an attorney hmm. um and but i i learned so much from that experience uh that I know is helping me also even in my individual projects or, you know, like in the way I approach things. Um, and I got to see, again, I learned on the job how business affairs works. Like you can't in like when you're in the world of Hollywood and filmmaking or TV uh, business does not move forward unless a deal is closed. You, you need to still sign paperwork before you can actually work creatively with people. Um, otherwise, there's a liability issue. So, and you know, there's enough people out there who claim that, you know, people are stealing their ideas. Um, you know, you, you have to have a deal in place before you can actually work. So the people in business affairs are the people who get to iron out those decisions before you even get to work. So you know, there's a lot of interesting things behind the scenes that a lot of people maybe don't think about. And I got to see that. I was incredibly invaluable. And then there was an opportunity to move to IFC TV, you know, working with the people who get to, you know, meet with writers and directors and producers, hear pitches, and then develop shows and get to work on those shows when they get greenlit. And that's really, um, you know, I, I gravitate towards that because that's that's where I came from. You know, that's what I ultimately wanted to do. So I was fortunate enough to move over to IFC, which is still in the family of AMC. And, um, you know, just uh, doing more creative work, which was awesome. I was, I, I'm very grateful to um, Pete Aronson, who... Uh, gave me that opportunity and to work with him. I really wanted to learn from him as well. He's a big part of what's important in terms of deciding what to do and where to work or is the people that you're going to learn from and and grow with. We, we, we've always been such a small team in relationship to the bigger companies out there. And so it does feel a little bit more like a family and you see, you know, you're, you're, you're in these tight knit little groups of teams and you know 
we're, we're, we're having to work together all day. You want to work with people you, you like. And again, you, that, you know, you can learn from, and, um, I sure learned a lot. I learned about, you know, development. I learned about comedy. IMC is a comedy, uh, network. And I've had so much fun, you know, getting to meet really incredible people. Um, it's been a privilege hearing pitch ideas and seeing how different people, um, approach their shows and their sensibilities. And it's helped refine my taste Mm -hmm. and, um, and how I approach storytelling, um, as well as giving me the chance to see how the business, you know, decision-making also influences how shows get made or what shows get made or what shows don't get made. And, you know, like I think coming from being a director, you know, uh, or a writer, writer's perspective, you know, as, as a creative, we get so sometimes very precious with our ideas. And, you know, there are babies for the lack of a better term, you birth them and, you know, you don't want to kill your babies. I mean, that's like, you know, the, the cliche that, you know, we hear, especially about editing, but it's, it's, it's been interesting having to see sometimes, uh, sometimes not for the merits of the creative that shows hmm. either get passed on or or get bought and sometimes it's you know um, relationships or a mandate directive but being able to curate shows for a network is such an interesting world um and uh it's it's uh like to be able to work at a place where my sensibility lines up with the programming that we get to do has been super fun. And I, I'm torn from the independent filmmaking clock. I've worked for the independent film channel. Um, you know, it's cool because uh, we get to work on an awards show, the independent spirit awards show um, with find uh, every year, which is a blast. It's one of my favorite events. Sadly, this year, obviously we're, doing it remote. Normally we're in a tent in Santa Monica and it's like a big party before the Oscars, but it's, you know, the event that celebrates independent filmmaking. And what I love about independent filmmaking is that it's all about an independent voice. It's been so fun, like getting to shepherd really great voices, um, you know, through this experience of being at IFC. And then uh, last year, I had the opportunity to also join AMC Studios, so it's kind of full circle wow. that uh, at BA, we, at the BA department worked with the studio on the shows that the company owned, like The Walking Dead, and now the studio is an arm that is more creative in the sense that we can develop and we go out to the marketplace and sell shows that feel on brand for any of our networks, like from an AMC show, big you know dra- drama show, to IFC, a comedy show, to BBC America, like a Killing Eve type show. You did just bring up pitching, and I'm really curious about what you see in the room that works, what you see in the room that sabotages people. Um, and you were just a jury member on... Um, a panel that we did with South by Southwest, mm. a pitchathon, and I know that's very different because when we do those pitchathons, we ask for—I mean, only five minutes. So I'm curious, you know, from you, what it's like because you're hearing pitches and also you're preparing pitches. What works? What doesn't? 
Give us the deets. I think when I when I'm listening to a pitch, I always gravitate towards a genuine connection with someone. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm really I'm mining what is the passion? Where is the passion for this storytelling coming from? Like, why are we going to make this show together? I think the, so much of what we do is is a human connection. I mean, we're telling stories about the human experience. We as filmmakers and executives and producers or whatever, we're collaborating. It's a deeply human connection when we make a show, particularly, at, you know, in television, it's like you you could go for seasons. Um, Brockmeyer on IFC was four seasons. And you have to consider, oh, you, you, you may be working with these people for years. And it takes sometimes a year or more to develop a show before it even gets made. So mm -hmm. um, I genuinely always look for that human connection. Like what would excite anybody and especially me, you know, as an advocate for the audience of IFC or a network, like I have to also trust my own gut. Like would I watch the show? Would I want to, would I be excited to come back to see the show after a first episode, after a first season? Right. And of course, like the nuts and bolts is what's the log line? What's the, what, who are the characters? What is, you know, their connection? How do they grow? How do they, what's their dynamic like? And how does it evolve? You know, who likes who, who doesn't like any, who hates who? Mm -hmm. And, and, and then there's the world, you know, like what's the world? Uh, where do they live? Where, where are they going? Um, and I think the world has to be a character and has to be as interesting as, you know, the ideas behind the, the show. It's all, everything has to make sense. And then there's also the idea of like clarity. Like, does this make sense? Is it something that you could get excited about? Yeah. By just that elevator pitch that, you know, by that log line. And I think people get a little bit bogged down into the nuts and bolts of all this stuff. Again, it really does come down to what is the story and what's the tone of the show? What do you want me to feel? You know, mm. like, you know, at IFC, you know, it's what is funny. Like, what's the, where's the comedy coming from? But like, there's so many ways to approach comedy, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, from the point of view or the worldview of the characters and how they relate to other people in this world and, and how, like, do they learn? Do they not learn? Do they change? Do they not change? And how, and how we see them, Right. you know, that's right. what's funny. But like, you know, there's, there, there, there's also, you know, like, is the concept there, you know, is it too much of a con is, is the concept so heavy that like, you're not going to even think about the characters or, mm. um, or is the concept too thin to really care about the characters? And so, you know, I think things that are very specific also are very interesting because specificity becomes relatable um, in some way, like you can, you know, even if it's a character that, you know, you've never ever met in person, like you have no idea about whether it's their faith or the way that they live or where they live, but there's always something we're all human. We all have something to relate to that specificity is universal. So like 
I also like it when there is that specific voice. Again, it goes behind the voice. It's it's like when you read a good book, like you you, you know what you're reading because their voice is strong and it's clear. Hmm. A show has to be clear in its voice too. What do you think, Kaylee? <laughs> what do I think? Um, I think pitching is really hard. Um, and I think there's some good tools out there, you know, that are helpful with really breaking down. And I hear you like, you know, starting from a personal story to connect someone. Cause right. Cause really at the end of the day, you are trying to figure out who is this person? Do I want to, do I want to work with them? I wish pitching was honestly more like a conversation because in my experience, it's more like I'm putting on a show for you and like it's it's that's a lot of uh, pressure and it's a lot to get all of that in there because there is so much to tell if you're going to talk about you know characters world concept tone I mean it's an art form in itself I think to do it yeah absolutely and I and I totally agree with you I wish pitches were much more of a conversation like to me anything that we do whether it's an interview or a pitch or a general meeting like all those things are conversations and at the end of the day like our shows are conversations like yeah. usually between characters or even inner dialogue you know it's communication it's that connection um i personally love pitches that feel more conversational and i try you know i think when you're hosting it's nice to make people feel welcome and uh, and like they can be that their truest self because also mm. you know you want to get a sense of somebody, not just the show. It's also about like feeling out or vibing with the person um, and the team, um, you know, because there are different like people out there who have different approaches, and you want to pair up with the right people who. Uh, mesh or are aligned with your sensibility and your way about making content or producing. Right. And like, I love it when, you know, there's an opportunity to get materials like a script um, and you can read the script and then the pitch becomes about the material that you've read. It's an executable document. You can have a conversation about it. So then let me ask you, so if you have received the script and you've received whatever else, some people like a series fest to apply to any of our competitions, you need to have something called a series format. So we've sent that to you. Now I'm coming in to pitch you. What, what are your expectations for the pitch? Are you expecting me as the creator to come in and dive in and lay it out on the table? Or are you at that point expecting... I guess what you're saying is you like to set up as more of a conversation, but I think every room you walk into clearly is different. I wish, I just wish there were rules about this. I know. <laughs> I mean, I and guess there the are, but there like, aren't. <laughs> no, I know. But, and, and I, I agree. I wish it was a lot more streamlined or, you know, cookie cutter, but there, every person who is, you're going to be meeting, whether it's a manager or a producer or somebody that you're going to be working with or an executive or the studio producer you know, everybody has their own way of digesting your materials. Mm. And some people, as we've talked about, re read the materials and some people don't. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be prepared to have a conversation just about like, you know, what were, you know, 
it's usually if someone is prepared in a meeting and they've read the materials, I absolutely want to be prepared because I want to have that conversation. Like, let's not waste anybody's time, you know, and, and get someone's hopes up. And if you're, if you're not serious about it, you know, um, or if you don't think that there's potential for it to go anywhere. Um, right. I think that, you know, once, once you have, it depends on the document. If it's a series document, I want to know more specifics because usually that's a general, you know, overview of a show. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it depends on what's in the series document. Like it, 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 it if it's a script, I have an idea of what your first episode is going to be. I should be able to see the tone of it. I should be able to see who your main characters are. There should be some kind of idea of how the show is going to be every episode, even if it's episodic, you know, like I should have some idea of what I'm returning to, you know, or what the show is going to be as a series. So most of the conversation is going to be about, okay, so what are some other episode ideas and what do you see as envision as a series? Is it episodic? Is there an arc? How do we follow that? And maybe t- like scratch the surface of season two. And if there, if you, if if a creator has already thought about these things, great. That's even better. Like it shows a lot of confidence in your idea that you've mapped all that out. And you know, I think certain people have certain expectations about you know like how much material they want. So I think it's just smart for the creator to be prepared mm-hmm. for any type of conversation. Right. If it's if if it's going to be a specific conversation about just what's in the document, then that's fine too. But I mean, I think it's it's wise to move. You know, look ahead. Yeah. If you're in the room, you've gotten somebody excited about your work, and you want to convey clearly what can be expanded on, and maybe what the vision is going to be that we didn't get from that page. But, you know, it's like, that's the thing about like, you know, getting people on board with your ideas, you want to keep feeding them more and more ideas. And without shoving everything down someone's throat, Mm -hmm. because you don't want them to, you know, say, Hey, okay, um, that was a lot. And uh, it's, it's almost like, you know, courting somebody, you know, like, Hmm. You want to take things slowly, you know, because <laughs> right. you're hoping, you know, you're hoping that you, you get to green light a show. It's kind of like a marriage. Um, yeah, you know, it is. you want to you want to like dangle the carrot a little bit, you know, in front and get them to bite. And then hmm. hopefully they say, and what else or what? So then what happens? Yeah. Kind of like storytelling, you know, it's like plot. Like, so then what happens? That's the plot. Same thing with like pitching. You want people to get engaged with you and you want that sense of collaboration happening. Mm-hmm. So the minute that like you can kind of get that the wheel moving in the sense that like everybody in the room is on the same is on the same page in the same boat in this together like the sooner that you can get there that's like incredible. When you start to lose people that's when you know like um, maybe this isn't like the right pairing, you know, in terms yeah. of a partnership and that's okay. But I think you need to 
like staying true to your yourself and your voice and 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 your your convictions in terms of what you you originally wanted for the show i think that's really important because people can get lost along the way you know too many cooks in a kitchen spoiling you know the dish um you know you have to collaborate with people and you you should be open-minded to taking other people's notes because usually those people are advocating for you to make the best show possible right make the clearest show possible but at the same time you do like i've seen people react you know mm. like you they get like a note like a pass a reason to pass and it's like they internalize a note as if something's wrong with their show where somebody may be passing not because of the merits of their show or the creative for their show is just not right for them mm -hmm. and don't change your show because someone else said you know this particular part wasn't right for them it just meant that that was part of their mandate like right. that they're not going in this direction like right that doesn't mean you should go in that direction they didn't pick up your show right absolutely like, go in the direction of someone who wants to pick up your show yeah you said something to me too um, when we were we were talking a few months ago before I was doing my first pitch in a very long time, and you reminded me that also it was my interview of them as this was a partnership. It was going to be a partnership, and is this someone that I'm going to want to be working with? And to remember also to ask questions. And um, I remember people saying that to me years ago when I was looking for a manager or an agent. Um, and I think sometimes as artists, we get so like desperate just for someone to like, like us and accept us and accept our work and go and make it that we feel like, um, you know, we're, we're not interviewing the other person and that just doesn't put you in a place of power too. like, um, so I, I love what you're saying. And the fact that if someone passes, it's a, just a reminder that it's not the right person. And also th there is something to learn sometimes when someone gives you a note, you know, um, on something, not necessarily to go change it, but maybe there's something in there that, you know, you're not necessarily seeing or something again, back to communication. Maybe I wasn't communicating something properly or thought out. And I love what you were just saying too, about, you know, a second season. Cause we talk a lot, I think about, um, knowing where you're going to be, you know, seven episodes in, but also seven seasons in, but really what does that mean for season two? Like, yes, you can go, Oh, and in seven years, they're going to be divorced and you know, their, their kids are going to be in high school, but really like what's happening in season two. And I think that's a great, um, you know, great advice for, for people as they're developing. And I think with television series, it's not a feature. It can live on forever. And as a creator, you really have to be so prepared and really know all those answers. Totally agree. A hundred percent. You're trying to convey a message or you're trying to convey your story or your image, uh, what you want to say, you know, yeah. to the world or to the viewer. I think, you know, the more rehearsed you are, the more you can feel how rehearsed people can be, you know, mm -hmm. and then it sounds scripted. You know, I mean, it's kind of like acting. Like, I think audiences are really smart and they're sensitive. We all watch, you know, films and TV all day to where like, you can tell when some, something is very performative. Yeah. Um, and I love like pitches that have like a, a little bit of production value. Like it's super fun. Hmm, Don't that's get me interesting. wrong. So like 
even if it's as simple as like a deck or a presentation video or, you know, something to just zhuzh it up, I highly advise against sharing anything uh, that might confuse and like a recipient of a pitch if the footage or the sizzle is not representative of the show because someone might think, oh, you know, you kind of missed the mark here. Hmm. So it's, but I do love like a little bit of production value and it's good to say like, you know, I think, you know, this is something just for fun. You know, it's kind of representative of like a piece of the texture of the, of the show mm-hmm. um, to get people excited about. But on the flip side, if it's super rehearsed and it doesn't like it, like you're going to, you, the person who's listening to the pitch might tune out, you know, unless it's super engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, I think some people who are pitching are really nervous in a pitch, you know, like most people are, of course, like, and, and we as recipients, like if you're a, a sympathetic executive, you know, like you understand that. And again, it's like, you just kind of want people to be the best version of themselves and just talk about the show. And yes, you're probably going to have a script for your pitch. You know, you've thought it out and that's actually very impressive. And it shows direction and, and hopefully there's clarity in it. But um, I genuinely also really like it again, when it, like, it goes back to your point of making it more conversational, making it so that like, you know, you're going to be throwing so much information at someone. It's a lot to absorb, you know? Mm -hmm. So being very cognizant of what information you choose to share, to get that emotional response of getting someone excited about your show. Um, advice for our series fest community, because you've come to series fest how many times? I love series I know. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. We love having it's you. It's one of my favorite, favorite festivals. It's so Thank great. You. you guys do an incredible job. You, I think, have been so great because you do our roundtables. You meet with creators. You've seen things at Series Fest where you've taken meetings with people afterwards. So for our community, um, who else do right now, everyone's kind of on their own islands at home until we're all back in person. What's a piece of advice you would give about getting their work made. And the title of this podcast is Breaking In. What would you say to someone who wants to break into this industry um, as, I would say, a creative? Um, I'm still figuring it out myself. Okay, that's a good answer. Um, you know, it, it's taken me a long time to uh, uh, answer that question as a creative myself. And I think mm-hmm. it's just the relationships are key that's first and foremost uh and so building genuine connections with people not just because you need something from them yeah like it's a it goes both ways yeah and you know i think when you're you know a creative and you have a piece of content and you want to you know share it with people in the industry or you want it sold and you want to sell a piece of content, you have to remember that, you know, the buyer or the person in a position to help you wants to help you. Um, if there's something not just for them, but like 
you know, people who are either mining talent, they want to work with you. That's, that's like major. Okay. So like you're actually in the, in the driver's seat in a lot of ways. And you have to remember that that person who is mining talent is also bombarded with a lot of people who come at them wanting something. You have to kind of have a sensibility of the dynamic. You want something, they want something. I would also say that, you know, yeah, I've, I love going to your festival. I love yeah. going to festivals because that's I, I started going to a festival because of my first feature in high school that took me to the Donna Reed Film Festival in Iowa. You I know, love I it. I met one of my mentors there, a lovely Joan Darling, who has been um, heading the directing program at Sundance for many years. She was one of the biggest, like, female directors in comedy TV, which was unheard of at the time. And, um, you know, so I saw the value of mentor to mentee. And I also just love meeting creators like, you know, they're my people, so to speak. Um, you know, it's like the artist community, we have to support each other. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I think, again, when it's not just like, I, it's all about me. And so I've made a project that I need to sell. Well, sometimes what you've made is really great, but it also may be your calling card, which is also very valuable. You know, like a lot of the times when we receive scripts, be it at the network or the studio, a lot of the times that script or that um, creative material is a way for us to get to know the writer. Even if it's available as a spec to buy, I will say most of the time that spec uh, or, you know, that sample writing or even if it's a shot show or short film it's a way for us to get to know them say hey i want to meet them they have a great voice they have a great vision let's meet you have a general meeting and then you have that conversation again it's then you start the connection and then you can learn more about them get a sense of who they are they can get a sense of who you are how you were saying we should be asking questions on both sides, right? The creator should be saying saying things like, so what sparked your interest? Like, what did you see about this piece that, you know, made you want to meet? And then yeah. my response would be like, that's such a great question. And I would explain um, why there is that, you know, connection there. You know, like what made me want to take the time to meet and, hopefully find a way to work together. And then, you know, you, you talk about like sensibility and like, where does it work hmm. realistically? It is usually again, like, it, you know, it's a process of developing that relationship rather than expecting someone to, even if your short film or your script is amazing and it may be, and you may sell it and you may sell it down the line, but like, allow it to be a conversation starter rather rather than being like oh i got you know having because mm. i can feel from some people like this i love that you know and like anxiety energy of like i have to sell this and i only have so many opportunities to meet people and trust me like that may be true and everybody is in the same situation in a lot of ways about that but uh if you're even at a festival or you're in front of someone like it's because you have created that for yourself, which is amazing. And and a lot of people recognize that. Yeah. 
I love what you said about this really being a calling card and it's not necessarily about selling this show and not feeling so desperate about this show because again, as creators, we fall in love with our project and we like have these moments where we're like, we want it to be our always sunny in Philadelphia, right? Like you want it to be just that one thing that just starts our career. And, um, that's not how it happens. And, you know, even getting like an agent, my experience was when i got my first lit agent, um, they were like, great, what else do you have? And I was like, wait, I had created this web series and this, and I have this thing. And they're like, that's great. And we're going to go pitch that. But what else do you have? And all of a sudden, next thing I needed to be writing, you know, more and more. And I wrote like three pilots and I walked into many rooms where people said, you know, we love it. We have something like it. What else do you have? So I think you're right. And really fostering those relationships, continuing to create and not holding our babies so close to our chest and not feeling like it's the only thing we have that we're going to continue to create and that there's going to be a next thing. So my last question for you is what I'm asking everyone at the end of the podcast, which Mm -hmm. is if you could have worked on any television series ever, what would it have been or be if it's still on air and what would you have done on it? Or what would you be doing? That is such a hard question to answer because there's a there's a lot there's several shows that I would love. Oh man, Six Feet Under. Mm. I love Six Feet Under. I thought it was very cinematic. I'm a huge Alan Ball fan. American Beauty was a big inspiration for me. Wanting to be a filmmaker, it was like right at the time that I decided to go into filmmaking instead of architecture. Wow. And uh, I just love the layers. I love the format of it. I, I, It was like one of the first shows that I actually got to binge watch. Mm. And I remember being excited morbidly about like, wait, who's going to die this season or episode in the beginning? Because the format of the show starts with a death. Right. And then I remember them you know, changing the format. And it was like so smart and so mind blowing. And and then it was so rewarding at the same time, instead of frustrating. Like, I love when shows set up expectations or a format, and then they bend them, but they the bending, you know, is earned. And then Mm. you're on you're already on the ride. And so then it's like that element of surprise where you're like, so thrilled about it. And, you know, you're also it makes you even root for the characters even more usually because hopefully it puts them in a situation where you're as much in, you know, along that, that same energy journey or like emotional journey with them and you're along the ride with them Mm. and you're invested in, in, in knowing what happens in terms of comedy. You know, I, I think, Shit's Creek is one of the shows that got away from IFC. Right. Uh, you know, that uh, I I would have loved to have seen us work on. Um, Pen15, Dave, I love Dave. Even, mm. You know, yeah, there's so many good, sh- there are so many, I mean, Succession is like ridiculous. I think those are good answers. Well, you're awesome. Thank you so much for doing this and for talking about pitching for like 45 minutes. Thanks for having me. Hope to see you at Series Fest soon. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Series Fest is a nonprofit organization, and our work would not be possible without our incredible board of directors, staff, and partners who make programs like this podcast possible. 
We have ongoing competitions, initiatives, and mentorship programs year-round, so please check us out at seriesfest.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up-to-date on announcements. This episode was edited by Neil Trulio with original music by Adam Westbrook.